Welcome to Conservation Unfiltered, a podcast all about the North American model of conservation and your chance to dive into conversations about trends, research, and outdoor activities. It's time to get wild with the 2021 Conservation Media Award-winning host, Jason Creighton. You don't have to do this this grand gesture, this this monumental type project. Like you can just go to your local, you know, water system, uh, you know, and, and pick up trash, you know, along a river or something like that. You can go to a trailhead and pick up trash there. Um, you know, you can go to a state game area, uh, you know, walk walk the property and pick up trash. I mean. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Conservation Unfiltered podcast presented by Conserve the Wild. I'm your host, Jason Creighton, and this is episode number 95, Brothers from Another Mother. This week, I have a great guest on, Marcus Ewing. Marcus is a Michigan native. He's also the host of the Average Conservationist podcast, and he's a founder of the Average Conservationist apparel brand. That apparel brand is 2% certified. You've heard in previous uh, episodes me talk about and talk with Jared Frazier about the 2% certification process and 2% for conservation. This is a guy that has taken that idea and really ran with it. And he's hosting a podcast that uh, is partnered with 2% for conservation. Uh, Marcus and I basically just have a good old-fashioned BS session. We learn a little bit about his podcast. We learn a little bit about his apparel brand, uh, and and you know also his grow, his, you know how he grew up in Michigan, and we were able to talk two days in a row. Uh, the first day I was a guest on his podcast, and then the next day, you as you'll hear, he's guest on this one, and we really found a pretty easy and natural connection. Uh, as the as the title of this episode, uh, you know, sort of suggests, really feel like this, this is, could be a, a friend or a brother or, you know, someone that I've known for years and years and years. We really have a lot of uh, similar similarities in our upbringing. And we really uh, have a lot of the same ideas when it comes to conservation. So tune in. Hope you enjoy this good old-fashioned BS session, and let's hear from Marcus. Before we keep going, a real quick question for you. Are you concerned with urban sprawl? Are you concerned with the threat of our increased human presence as put on wildlife and wild spaces? If so, an easy next step for you to try to help with this situation is to visit our Patreon page and become a monthly supporter. If you like this podcast, if you would like to help form a new nonprofit that helps combat and mitigate the effects of urbanization, visit patreon.com slash conserve the wild. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash conserve the wild. Go visit today and become a sponsor. All right, today joined by 
a fellow podcast host, as you heard in the intro, uh, Marcus Ewing. Marcus, how are you doing today? I'm good, Jason. How are you? This is, uh, <clears throat> it's almost like deja vu because obviously <laughs> yesterday we just recorded an episode for my podcast. So on the flip side in, in the other seat today. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. You know, um, I've listened to your podcast, uh, and just to, to reiterate for everyone that might have already forgotten because they have short attention spans like me from the intro, uh, it's the average conservationist podcast. I really enjoy listening to your podcast. I, I, I love the concept of highlighting people doing great work, all that stuff. Uh, and then yesterday with us talking, I really felt like you were someone of a kindred spirit for me. Um, even though, you know, you're what, probably 12 or so hour drive away from me in Michigan, I feel like we have a lot in common. Uh, Pennsylvania and Michigan have a, a ton of conservation and hunting history and tradition that I, I feel like we're like one in the same. Yeah, no, I would have to agree. Um, there's, I mean, you said, so you're in what, north, northwest Pennsylvania? That's where I do most of my hunting, yeah. Okay, so I'm like Metro Detroit, uh, where I'm at now. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe 12 hours, we'll call it that. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I, I felt like that too, when like the more you were kind of giving me your backstory and the more I, you know, learned about you throughout our conversation, like we had a very similar upbringing, right? With the way we were introduced to the outdoors with you know, the appreciation uh, that we gained for the outdoors at such a young age. And then, I mean, even along the lines of like, you know, sports playing a very big role um, in our, you know, early, uh, well, you know, probably through uh, childhood into high school. And then obviously uh, into college where, um, you know, we both had some, some people who played a, a who had a big impact on our lives uh, and really kind of helped shape us, um, you know, into the adults that we became, you know, outside of obviously the big influence that like our fathers had on us. Yeah. So give everyone that, that background, you know, for you, I mean, I, I'm, you mentioned, you know, Metro Detroit, I'm, I'm not Metro Pittsburgh, I'm outside of Pittsburgh, but that that's where I'm living, you know? So yeah. I, like I said, we're, we're, we've taken very similar paths. Um, yeah. So everyone already knows my path. I've talked about that. They're probably sick of hearing about me. So let's talk about you. Um, you know, what, how did you get into hunting? How did you get into deciding conservation work is what I want to do? Like, what, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I grew up, uh, in a pretty small rural community, uh, in Northern lower Michigan, uh, geographically just kind of for easy reference. I was about an hour, a little more, uh, South of the Mackinac bridge here in Michigan, uh, is where I grew up. And like, I feel like a lot of people kind of in the Midwest in this region here, like I was exposed at a pretty young age. Uh, my dad was a big outdoorsman. Uh, anything from, you know, I think, gosh, would we start out? Would I, would I really start doing? I think like, like bass fishing or like pan fishing was kind of just the easiest way. My dad had a boat, you know, it's easy to, to put a kid in the boat, throw a life jacket on him, give him a little push button rod, bobber and a worm. And, you know, away you go, you can keep a kid occupied. Uh, for a few hours that way. And then uh, as I got older, um, I mean, he was, he deer hunted when I was younger. Uh, and then I got to the point where I could kind of start partaking in that. Uh, we did some waterfall hunting when I was uh, fairly young, which kind of trans uh, transitioned into upland hunting. 
and then, you know, I got to, you know, into my teenage years uh, and really started deer hunting with him. And, you know, it, it's kind of funny looking back because at the time, you know, I was, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17 year old kid, you know, and I'm sure a ton of people can relate. Like I, I just wanted to be a kid, right? Like I was, you know, girls and sports and friends, you know, all those, all those things that, you know, the teenage kid gets caught up with. And so the time spent, you know, hunting was, it was just a way to kind of hang out with my dad, right? It wasn't necessarily about like, oh, I can't wait to kill a deer, or catch a fish, or whatever. Like it was just a way to hang out with my dad. And as I got like older in life, uh, like into college, you know, much like you, Jason, like I played a sport in, in college. So I had like zero free time. So I would say, you know, from 18 to, to 22, you know, I think, you know, I could probably count on one hand how many times I was actually able to get out hunting. And if I was, it was maybe for like a day over Thanksgiving. And it was just kind of a, you know, my dad said, Hey, do you want to go hunt this morning? You know, I got a place where you can sit kind of thing. It was like, yeah, sure. Like I'll go sit in the cold for a few hours this morning before we eat. And I mean, that was kind of it. Uh, and then like post-college, uh, I actually moved, uh, I was in Chicago and I mean, Chicago is a great city for anyone listening, but like, it is not for me. Like the big city life is not for me at all. Like I moved out there with my then girlfriend, now wife, uh, she was going to graduate school and like for the first month, it's like, Oh, like this is really cool. And then it just loses its allure pretty fast. Like all the outdoor stuff I wanted to do, I was coming back to Michigan. So I was driving all the, all the time. Uh, and then around the same time, uh, my dad got sick. He got diagnosed with cancer. So then I was, you know, coming back and, and spending even more time with him. Um, like in the, the last fall, uh, before he passed away, like, you know, just trying to do any type of hunting that we could, you know, whether it was, you know, some late bird hunting, uh, obviously deer hunting. And it was probably around that time when like that love that everything that I had went through as a young child and all that time that I had spent with him, like it all kind of like the light bulb went off. It was one of those moments where it was like, oh, like this is, this is what it's all about right here. Right. And, you know, I think it's, it's, it's unfortunate that it took me, you know, for something like that happening to, to understand, you know, like why the outdoors and, and everything like that is so important and, and, and why it's so great and such a, an awesome way for people to connect. But like, it just, you know, after he passed, like, it just like lit this like fire underneath me. And it was really just kind of a way for me to feel connected to him and, and spend time with him, even when he wasn't around. Uh, and that was shoot coming up on December will be 12 years, something like that. Yeah. 12, I, I, something, I say something like that. I feel like I shouldn't know that, but it's, it's one of those things that you try not to think about all that often, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I 100% agree with you that, you know, cities like, uh, Chicago, Pittsburgh, like I, I get that there's people that are, they're city people. They love it. Um, yeah. I can, I can see the beauty of cities, but yeah, no, it's not for me. <laughs> like, yeah. Like a long weekend. Sure. We're going to go see some friends. Sure. And I mean, Chicago, like it's right on Lake Michigan. So like there's obviously water and stuff there, but like, you know, like I love, I love to ski in the winter and there wasn't very good skiing and not that Michigan has like stellar skiing, but it's certainly better than, than around there. And then obviously with deer season, like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to drive two hours out of the city to try to find a place to hunt. And when I had, you know, land, I could hunt back in Michigan. So it's like, well, just pack up Friday after work and head home for the weekend to hunt and then, you know, drive back Sunday night. So you make the sacrifice. Yeah. Sometimes that's tough because like, you know, you mentioned you're 
you know, with your then girlfriend um, and, you know, now wife, like you started spending, you know, six, seven weekends in a row away from them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sometimes and, there's a little bit of pushback there. And so here's like a, a, the great thing is, you know, after my dad passed is um, thankfully she comes from a family. Uh, her dad's a big, you know, was a big hunter. Her uh, one of, well, both of her brothers hunt, but um, one of her brothers who, who lives, you know, real close to where we do now, uh, he's, he's big into hunting. Um, so he's kind of become like my hunting buddy. Right. So we're, you know, like the, the property that we hunt that his, that their family, my wife's family owns, like we do all the habitat work on there, all the food plots, hanging stands, all that stuff. Um, and you know, anytime one of us is in the woods, there's a very high chance that the other one's out there too. So, you know, I was going back to Michigan and I was spending a lot of time like with her family. Right. So it's, it's one of those things. It was like, she couldn't be too mad because like, I'm with your family, you know, I'm not with you, but I'm with your dad. I'm with your brother. Like there could be worse things that I could be doing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So just a, a quick sidebar, uh, a quick story I got to tell. Uh, when I first started dating my now wife, um, I had just recently, as we talked about yesterday on, on your show, um, I had just recently stopped coaching high school baseball. Mm-hmm. And it was like, uh, yeah, it was sort of late summer, early fall. And um, I had taken her to uh, the Phipps Conservatory in Pittsburgh, which they have all these like crazy exotic plants. And it, it, it's beautiful. It's a great place. I'm like, ah, oh, this would be a real nice date for us, you know. And as we're walking out, she sees some, uh, just a couple hunting stickers on my truck. And she's like, oh, do you hunt? And I'm like, yeah, I hunt a little bit. I dabble. Because at that point, I wasn't like really invested in, I would go out, you know, maybe six or seven days a year. And uh, that fall, I went out on the first day of archery season was like, this is what I want to do. And I started finding properties to hunt around home and every weekend going to camp. And she's like, I thought you said you hunt a little bit, like you hunt all the time. I'm like, well, I, I wasn't lying when I told you that originally. Um, you know, it just things sort of sort of blossomed pretty quick out of there for me to to get back into it as as much as I did. Um, so, okay. Putting that story aside, I want to talk about, uh, your apparel brand. Yeah. Average conservationist. Uh, what, what caused you to say like, Hey, I want to make clothing that, and, and then also I'm going to call it average conservationist. Like, what, where do you come up with that name? What's, what's the purpose? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a long drawn out story. So I'll try to kind of truncated as much as possible here, but I was uh, working for the job I had at the time. Uh, it was actually my, my in-laws um, owned a business. Uh, they decided to retire, sold the business. Um, and then like very out of the blue, uh, I was let go, like no kind of warning, anything like that. So I'm kind of sitting there and, you know, like I, I didn't love the job that I, you know, I was doing with them. Like it was just very high stress. Uh, I was on the road way more than I wanted to be. I had a young kid. I had another young one on the way. So like, I, I knew I didn't want to be traveling much. Um, and I knew I loved the outdoors. Like I had, I had become at this point, uh, you know, like really, really passionate about it. Like I was, I spent all my time thinking about it all of my time, you know, trying to, to figure out how to get back outdoors and, you know, I had this, this thing where it's like, you know, I, I have a problem with owning hats. Like I have, you know, I could wear a different hat every day for, you know, at least a month. 
kind of thing. And I, I like, you know, kind of cool t-shirts, like vintage kind of style t-shirts. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big proponent in kind of like less is more uh, in terms of like designs and whatnot. And I was like, what if we, you know, what if I started like this apparel brand and call it, you know, I'm just, I was just like spitballing at the time, like just call it like the average conservationist. And she's like, well, it's kind of, it's kind of wordy, don't you think? And I was like, oh, it is a mouthful. Yeah. I'm like, but it, it like, I feel like it perfectly kind of depicts where I'm at uh, in my like outdoor career, let's call it, you know, or my, like my pursuit. I'm like, you know, at the time, I mean, prior to getting let go from my job, like, you know, I was working, you know, 50 hours a week and I'd spend whatever free time I could, you know, especially come fall, like deer hunting or, you know, in the spring, you know, fly fishing or, you know, even into the summer. And I'm like, I just, I think when I think about all of these like great, you know, organizations like, you know, BHA, RMEF, you know, the NDA, you know, whatever three or four letter, you know, organization that's out there. I mean, they're all amazing and doing great work. And the people that actually make up those organizations, the, you know, 20,000 members, 30,000 members, however many there are, they're people like you and I, right? Like they're, they're people who have families to feed. They've got a nine to five and they're making like that commitment outside or above and beyond, you know, work and, and home life to, to better, you know, wildlife to, to help preserve species or, or land or anything like that. I'm like, and those are the people I feel like that should really be celebrated. I mean, you know, thank God there's people like Stephen Rinella, you know, Randy Newberg, guys like this that have, you know, a much larger reach that are very well informed on a lot of topics and things like that. I'm like, but that's not me. But, you know, I, I look to people like that. And I know there's a lot of other people that look to, to people like that to, to get a lot of information. And I think those are the type of people that, that I wanted to celebrate, you know, like that's who I was, that's who I still consider myself. Uh, but those are the people I think that kind of really needed some recognition, so to speak. So that's where the name itself, you know, came from. Uh, and then like with the designs and whatnot, like I just wanted to kind of highlight a lot of the things that, you know, almost selfishly that I really like to do. So, you know, I've got, uh, you know, different designs, like, you know, while I've never been elk hunting, like it's, it's certainly a goal of mine. So I have like an elk tee, I have a fly fishing tee, I have, you know, a white tail tee. Uh, I've got like a tee that kind of depicts like some camping scenes. Um, I've done, uh, I've worked with a couple not or like a conservation or conservation organizations uh, to do like some collaboration type teas to help raise some money for their organizations. Uh, what do I have? Probably eight or nine different hats and sweatshirts. Um, really in like with the apparel itself, I was really trying to go for uh, like, like I mentioned before, like a very vintage, a very kind of like old school feel to things like so everything that I have like is uh, like a super soft material and all of the printing is like a water based printing. So, you know, like you don't feel it when you rub your hand over it, like some things like everything is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it fits very nice, like it's not real boxy and baggy and stuff like that. And, you know, it's also everything is unisex. So, you know, I mean, unless you're a really small individual, um, you know, you can you can wear uh, any of this stuff. I mean, my wife wears the clothes and she's not a hunter at all, even though she, she doesn't, you know, she understands it. She has zero problem with it. She loves venison. She loves wild game. She just, she's like, I could just never do it, but you know, she, she loves the stuff too. So there's certainly something for, you know, whether you're a hunter, an angler, you know, backpacker, bird watcher, whatever. I mean, I feel like I kind of have something for, for everyone. And that business is 2% certified. Correct. Was that, so was that like, 
did you decide when you started the business you were going to be to you were going to go ahead with the two percent certification or did that happen a little later on so in the original plans or, or, or in the original plans like since the get-go i always knew that i so i'm donating 10 percent of all profit back to various conservation organizations so that was like in the business plan from like jump street i mean because the way i looked at it was you know there's you know umpteen thousand you know people out there that are making t-shirts um and they're not doing anything with it you know they're just in it to make a buck and i mean don't get me wrong like i i would like to make money with what i'm doing as well but i also felt like the people that i was trying to reach and the people that i was trying to celebrate are you know consumptive users uh so the least I can do, like if, if I'm trying to sell to people that are, are outdoors and that are recreating and in some, you know, maybe way, shape or form taking from the land with what they're doing, like I want to do my part to, to give back and let those customers know that, you know, like, yeah, I'm selling you a shirt that has a whitetail deer on it. Guess what? Like, I'm also going to donate to the NDA because I I'm very passionate about whitetail hunting. Obviously you are, if you bought the shirt, so you're buying a shirt that you like, and then, you know, we're, we're helping, that uh, that organization and that species at the same time. Yeah. Then, that, oh, oh, sorry. No, go, no, go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. I was going to say, so, and then with the, with the 2% side of things, I mean, yeah, I had come across 2% um, kind of when I was in uh, the initial phase of everything, like building the website and, you know, filing all the paperwork to, to become an LLC and, and all the kind of behind the scenes type stuff that go along with any type of business. Uh, and it was at that time that I came across 2%. So when I saw that, I was like, yeah, like, absolutely. Like that's, that's going to happen. I just need to, you know, get everything else kind of in line first before uh, making that commitment. And yeah, did that, you know, pretty early on. Yeah. So with a sort of business model, like you're explaining where you're already in your head, I'm giving back, you know, financially uh, from these sales. And then I'm sure, you know, you're a member of various uh, organizational groups. Um, You know, I'm sure you're giving more than enough time back as well. So that just that's the kind of business I see as the perfect fit to become 2% certified. Like you're already doing it. You might as well, you know, get that certification to get a little bit greater reach and, and more people aware of the good that you're doing. Yeah. And that's one of the, the kind of the beauty things about 2% is uh, it's almost like this. I, I, like I almost feel like a broken record because I've said this on a few podcasts, but it's like this, this better, this better business bureau for, you know, not just the outdoors, but more for conservation, more for giving back, right? Because, you know, you can make the commitment, but the one of the great parts about 2% is, you know, the accountability aspect of it, right? Like they're making sure they're checking in that you're, you know, they have their processes in place to make sure that you're, you know, giving back at least the 1% that you committed to. And then with the time, you know, you're, you're having to, you know, log the things that you're doing, you know, give them updates, you know, they're going to check in on you periodically as well and say, you know, how you coming on your, on your time, because, you know, 1% of your time and 1% of your money, the, the, the financial aspect changes for everyone. I mean, you know, this as an individual member, um, but then the time part, like 21 hours, regardless of whether you're, uh, you know, a business of one or a business of, you know, 200, you know, it's 21 hours. So there's a lot of people out there and a lot of businesses who are certainly going well above and beyond that, you know, kind of minimum requirement um, to become certified. Yeah, I, you know, I mentioned this whenever I had um, Jared Frazier on the podcast 
a couple weeks ago, you know, for people that aren't brand loyal, like myself, right? Like I'm not a hardcore, it has to be this camo pattern or it has to be, you know, this bow manufacturer. Like whatever works for me is at the time, what I think is going to work for me, that's what I'm going to buy, right? That's where I'm going to spend my money. So I love the aspect of, of 2% where it has, it's a place that I can go. I can look and see what what companies are giving back to conservation. Like if I'm going to give this company my money for hunting equipment or yeah, I mean, even, you know, coffee, right. um, I will feel better about giving them my money if they're taking some of that and putting it towards something that I have a passion for, you know? So it's almost getting to the point where some of these big national, you know, 2% has been around long enough, as Jared has said, that some of these bigger national companies that aren't 2% certified, why are they, why are they not, right? Like, are they, are they not actually giving back? Is, is that the, the problem? Like, and that, when that starts getting into your head a little bit, then it's like, well, maybe I don't want to support them. So you make a really good point there. And, you know, Jared and I have talked about this as well as, you know, if, if your customers are using, you know, whatever product or service it is that you're offering to, to hunt or to fish, like it's, it seems almost silly that you're not giving back to support the things that your customers, you know, want to partake in, you know, I mean, there's a lot of really awesome brands that, that are 2% certified that, that I support, um, you know, from camo to, to backpacks, to, to coffee. I mean, excuse me. I don't, I don't know that I've drank a cup of like coffee that wasn't from a 2% certified business in gosh, a, a long time. And, you know, what's also cool is like, you know, when I get the opportunity to talk to these people on my podcast is like, you get to, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a very short, you know, conversation, 45 minutes, hour, you know, maybe an hour and a half, whatever. But you, you feel like you get to know them a little bit and you feel like you can kind of gauge the type of person that they are, you know, like you get a pretty good first impression when you're able to kind of speak at length. And, you know, so many of these people have just like awesome stories. And, you know, for gosh, I'd say a vast majority of the small businesses that are 2% certified, like it's a second, it's a second job, or it's like, you know, maybe like, what you would call like a a second source of income for them, like a passion project kind of. And a lot of times when you see people start those for like that second income stream, like, okay, like it's, it's something I can do that doesn't take a ton of time. I can make some more money. But like with that, with that being said, they're also saying, okay, like I want to make some more money, but I'm also going to take some of that money and give it back. Right. So you know that they're, they're starting it for the right reasons because they're passionate. And they're also giving back because they see the value of wildlife, of wild places. And yeah, I, there's certain things that I am brand loyal to. Um, and I have found that there, they are brands that are 2% certified. Uh, like First Light is a great example. I mean, I started using First Light before I knew about 2% for conservation, before you know I was 2% certified. At the time when I started using them, like I started with like their Merino base layers because that was kind of the hot thing, you know, five, six years ago, whatever. And, you know, I was tired of the base layers I was using. So I started using that, just that. And then I, you know, kind of upgraded, you know, sold out a lot of my old camo, 
upgraded to some of theirs and you know i i really really liked uh the quality of their stuff and like their their fusion pattern uh just works really well especially here in the midwest for me and then you find out they're two percent certified you find out all the great work they're doing for conservation you know all the money that they're getting back and it's like well this is a no-brainer to to continue to support i mean i was already supporting them you find out even more good stuff about them it's like yeah like it just kind of solidifies, you know, the reason you even started, you know, buying from them in the first place, you know? Yeah. So you mentioned, you mentioned those conversations that you get to have with some of these business owners that leads right into a, a great segue of <laughs> you're the host of the average conservationist podcast. Uh, great name, by the way, I wonder where you got that from. Yeah. <laughs> can you, can you just sort of, for any of the listeners that haven't listened to it yet, which if you haven't shame on you, it's a great podcast. I don't listen to that one instead of mine. Listen to that listen one to in both. addition, right? Exactly. Um, can you just, what are you doing? What, who are you talking to? And what's the, what's the purpose of the podcast? Yeah. So the Average Conservationist podcast is a podcast that I partner with uh, through 2% for Conservation, where we feature, I feature primarily businesses and individuals uh, who are 2% certified. So that could be uh, yeah, again, businesses that have made that commitment, um, individual, individual committee members, uh, maybe, you know, people that are, that work with conservation organizations, um, who have, you know, put this emphasis on wildlife and the outdoors. And it's been an awesome experience. I mean, with partnering with 2%, what they've really helped me do is not only like expand my reach because, you know, Jason, you and I are, about as average guys as they come, right? Like we don't have this, this huge, uh, or I don't even have like hardly a following on social media from a personal side and not that the average conservationist is much bigger, but you know, they certainly help with, you know, the reach aspect. And then also putting me in contact with these, these businesses, with these individuals, because, you know, with a lot of the businesses, um, they don't really advertise it. Maybe there's just like a, uh, like a little logo on the bottom of their, their website. It just says, you know, 2% certified business. And a lot of people maybe don't know what that means. You know, like they're not out there touting it or, or really using it as kind of this marketing ploy. Like they're doing it, you know, that's on their website because they're proud of what they do because they give back. And, you know, with the podcast, we're able to kind of tell their story, you know, find out, you know, how they learned about 2%, you know, why conservation is so important to, to their brand and their business model. Um, you know, who the organizations are that they're giving back to, you know, how their employees feel about, you know, conservation and the work that they're doing, you know, how they value the outdoors. And then from a, you know, let's say like a, a personal um, member or like a committee member or something like these people have, you know, incredible stories of work that they've done for conservation. I mean, there's a guy actually from uh, North, Northern Pennsylvania there. Uh, he has a, a guide service that's 2% certified. And, but he's just, you know, he's just a regular guy and he had volunteered for this, um, like mountain goat relocation. Um, uh, Ethan Demai is his name where he essentially like flew out to Seattle, uh, from Pennsylvania, like, and with a buddy and they drove up to, gosh, I don't even know what uh, national park it was. I feel like I should know. Um, uh, but yeah, they, you know, had like these mountain goats, uh, like in the back of like this refrigerated truck and then like drove into this park to help relocate them. And like, this is just like a regular dude from Pennsylvania who like volunteered his time, like bought his own plane ticket out to Seattle, you know, to Washington. And then like, you know, spent his weekend doing this and then flew home. Like 
this is these are great stories and you know it's a shame that they're not that those stories aren't being told to a larger audience right and that's one of the things that we really try to do with the podcast is is get these great stories out there to hopefully you know uh, inspire other people to, to want to get involved in, and hopefully those other people, you know, the average people like us, you know, it, uh, it shows them like, while yes, that, <clears throat> that particular instance I just mentioned was a, a pretty big deal. Like it was a, it was a really cool story. Like you don't have to do this, this grand gesture, this, this monumental type project. Like you can just go to your local, you know, water system, uh, you know, and, and pick up trash, you know, along a river or something like that. You can go to a trailhead and pick up trash there. Um, you know, you can go to a state game area, uh, you know, walk, walk the property and pick up trash. I mean, there's so many little things that you can do that just kind of get the ball rolling for you. And those little things, they make such a huge difference, even though at the time, like if you, you know, walk out of a trail with, you know, a five gallon bucket full of trash, like, I mean, that's, that's quite a difference compared to, you know, an hour ago or two hours ago when you first, you know, left the truck. So, you know, we want to inspire people to, to get involved and, you know, for them to realize that, you know, every little bit helps. And, you know, the more people that you can get involved and the more people start doing their small part, like it's going to have this, you know, this kind of groundswell uh, movement reaction, and it's going to be, you know, only positive things will come out of that in the long run. Yeah. I really want to, I mean, that story, I remember, I remember listening to that story. I mean, the big grand gestures. They're awesome to hear about, right? But it's those little ones that I think are the most inspiring for people, you know, and I, I equated to, you know, up at our family cabin, there's a, we call it the triangle. There's, there's a road system that makes a triangle that's, I don't know, it maybe five miles around. Okay. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll hop on the side by side and, you know, evening time uh, and just take a, a drive around, see what kind of wildlife we see, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, anytime we're driving down one of those back dirt roads and you see, you know, some trash, whether it's beer cans or, um, you know, plastic bag, whatever it is, you know, just stop real quick, you know, hop out, throw it in the back of the side by side and, you know, we'll throw it away later. And what I've noticed is that over the years of us doing that, other people on side by sides that are making that same loop just, you know, for something to do up there are seeing us do it. And now I'm seeing other people stopping and grabbing trash off the side of the road. You know, it's a mainly state game lands that you're sort of riding around and, and through and stuff um, on the main road system. And it, it, when I, when that really hit me and like, I, I realized like I'm watching other people do it. I don't know if it's because they saw me do it, but it makes me feel good to see other people doing the same kind of just little stuff that makes the world a, a little bit better place. Um, uh, you know, that I'm doing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I would venture to guess that if people have seen you doing it, that's likely the reason that they started doing it. Because, you know, I think there's like this, how do I want to describe it? You know, when, if you see someone doing a good deed, right, and you realize if you, if you just kind of stop, watch from afar and, and kind of assess the whole situation, and you look at it, you go, that didn't take very much to do, right? The guy, the guy pulled over side by side, took two, probably not even two minutes, threw a couple, you know, beer cans, pop cans, wrappers, whatever that were on the side of the trail, threw them in the back of the side by side, away he went. Like that didn't take him anything. It didn't, it, it, it wasn't like hard to do, I guess. And, you know, you get home and you kind of take a look in the mirror and you're like, well, shoot, 
Why can't I do that? Right? Like then it also almost becomes like a, a personal accountability thing, right? Where you're like, well, I saw him do it. You know, what kind of person would I be if I just drove by it and didn't stop and pick it up too, you know? So I think that sometimes it has that, that effect on people. And yeah, it's, it, it can be kind of a powerful thing when you see someone, you know, doing a good deed that doesn't take a lot of effort. It's almost like, well, shoot, why, you know, why haven't I been doing this all this time? And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of inspirational, right. To see someone caring about something that, you know, I mean, I've, I've heard stories about like people in Wisconsin, right. Uh, trying to, to help restore the elk habitat, the elk population in Wisconsin, you know, people that will never, ever get a chance to even probably like put in for a tag for elk hunting in Wisconsin. Right. But they know it's the right thing to do. Like they're looking at, you know, the big picture and that's kind of what conservation is, is it's this, it's the long game, right? It's you're doing things for the future. You're, you're trying to make changes for your kids, for your grandkids, for people you don't know, for people you've never met, people you likely will never meet. And that's, that's the beauty of giving back. And especially with conservation is, you know, you're, it's not just for your benefit, it's for the benefit of everyone, you know, people, wild animals, uh, you know, kind of everything, any and everything in between. You know, I can tell from the way you're talking about this, that you really enjoy doing, you know, being the host of, of your podcast. Uh, was that something that you set out to do from the beginning? You're like, you know what, I'm going to start a podcast. <laughs> so, so you he's, know the answer to this, because we got yeah. to talk about this. Before. I was going to say, he's laughing because we already talked about this. But no, like, in fact, like it was the complete opposite. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell the story again, uh, since we're recording. When I started the, the, the company, The Average Conservationist, I was talking with my brother-in-law and I was like, you know, kind of walking him through, you know, the business, you know, what the plan was, what the goal was. And I was like, and I like, I was like, Adam, and I was like, but I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. And I'm not going to be one of those guys that goes out and start and starts a podcast. I'm like, there's too many of them out there. You know, every single person, it seems like is coming out with a new podcast every day. I'm like, I'm not going to be that guy. And then literally like two months ago, he was like, Hey, you remember that conversation we had where you were like so adamant and so like vehemently against like having a podcast. He's like, yeah, how's that going now? <laughs> but you know, it's one of those things that, you know, I obviously never set out to do it. Uh, one of those things that kind of fell into my lap. Um, I was a guest on uh, Dan Johnson who hosts the nine finger Chronicles podcast. He owns the sportsman's nation, which is a 2% certified brand as well. I was a guest on his podcast and then we got done recording and he was like, Hey, you know, have you ever, you know, considered having your own podcast, you know, and talking about conservation. He's like, you know, you kind of have the perfect name for it with your brand and this and that. And, you know, I was like, no, I have not. Like it's, it's not a popular topic, I guess, to, to sit down and listen to, like, it's not, you know, it's not the sexy thing. Like we, like you and I talked about yesterday, right? Like people want to talk gear. They want to talk tactics. They want to hear cool stories. Like I get it. Like, for a lot, uh, for a lot of the same, re like I, I enjoy a lot of those as well. Right. But he's like, it's, you know, it's something that's very important, you know, conservation, especially kind of in this day and age with social media, you know, the big public land movement over the last decade. He's like, I think you would be a good host. He's like, you seem like you're pretty easy to talk to this and that. And I'm like, ah, you know, let me think about it. And then, you know, during the course of me, you know, thinking about it. Uh, and I say that in air quotes, cause I was, I never was really going to do it. Um, he became a member on the board of directors for 2%. So then he kind of reapproached me. He was like, 
you know, have you thought any more about it? And I was like, yeah, kind of humming and hawing, not, you know, giving him like a very indirect no. He was like, well, what do you think if, you know, maybe you partnered with 2% for conservation and, you know, I was a 2% brand or I was just getting certified and, you know, I was certainly familiar with them. Um, he's like, let me set up a call with, you know, you and me and Jared, and we can just kind of talk about it and, and see if, you know, maybe our goals align and, you know, see if we can kind of come to maybe not necessarily an agreement, but like, see if we can all get on the same page with what we maybe want to do with this. So I said, yeah, sure. And then, you know, I mean, you've talked to Jared. I mean, there's not, I mean, I, I'd be hard pressed to find someone more passionate about conservation, wildlife, the outdoors than, than Jared Frazier. So, you know, once he gets talking, it's like, you just like, you start shaking your head. You're like, yep. Yeah. No. Yep, yep. All right. We're doing this. You know, it was one of those kind of things. So, I mean, this was probably early 2020, let's say maybe like February timeframe. And he had a goal of like shooting for like uh, June 1st was kind of the, the day that we all agreed upon was a good day to start. So started doing all the kind of back end work, which, you know, cause I knew nothing about starting a podcast or, you know, the, the equipment that you need, which, you know, in hindsight, you come to find out like it ain't a ton, you don't you, a microphone, a headset, a way to edit the podcast and, and you're kind of out the door. Um, so yeah, he put me in touch with some people uh, to get some guests lined up and we started the podcast uh, June of 2020. So we're just over, uh, just over a year in and uh, it's been incredible. And I, I did not expect for it to kind of have this effect on me uh, in terms of like how passionate it, it keeps me for conservation when you hear other people's stories about the cool stuff that they're doing um, or some of like the brands that maybe I, I kind of knew of in passing to, to begin with, but then you meet the people behind it, you hear their story and you're like, oh man, like I want to support this brand like as long as I can, because it's just like, they're good people doing good things. So yeah, it's been uh, an incredible experience to say the least. So in that roughly just over a year, well, probably close to 14 months now, yeah. um, who's been your favorite guest? Oh man, you're putting me on the spot here. I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. <sighs> so I'll make it easy on you. You can take me out of the running because technically I, my episode has not been released yet. Give it a couple of days. <laughs> um, but no, you know, it's funny. And I, I will answer the question. Um, but I will say that the conversation that you and I had yesterday, like I, I remember we got done and uh, I was talking to my wife and I was like, man, like that, I really enjoyed that conversation, right? Like it was, it was one where I, I didn't feel like I had to like ask you a ton about like the business side of things, right? Because, you know, while you're an individual 2% member, um, you know, that's, that's kind of like where your affiliation with 2% ends. So I don't, I didn't have to like spend a good chunk of time really talking about like, oh, how did you start the business? You know, what's, you know, this and that, where we got to really kind of talk about conservation, right? We kind of got to, I mean, I felt like we spent, you know, a good portion of the episode, you know, really talking about that. And that was, it was in, like, I enjoyed it. Like it felt much more like a conversation with just a couple buddies than maybe like trying to get some information out of someone. And, and I don't ever want to feel like, you know, when I'm, when I'm talking to someone that it feels like I'm just grilling them with questions, you know, 
but it was yesterday was certainly a conversation that I enjoyed. And it's, it's like you alluded to at the very beginning of the episode, right? Like you got done talking you're like, I feel like I've known that guy for a long time, right? Like they're just, we just have a ton of similarities and we just, we view a lot of things in a lot of the same ways. And it's like, yeah, like I like this guy, right? I'm, I'm actually disappointed that you live in Michigan because if you lived closer, I actually would be like, Hey, come hunting. Let's go hunting together. Let's go do something together. You know what I mean? It's that I was, I'm actually a little disappointed the fact that we don't live closer together. (laughs) You know, so you're outside of Pittsburgh right now. Yep. So I can be to Pittsburgh in five hours. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause like I said, I'm, I'm like an hour North of Detroit. I'm kind of, I, I'm still considered Metro Detroit uh, just cause it's, it's so big. I mean, Pittsburgh's probably the same way. Uh, but yeah, I'm really not, I'm like an hour North of like Detroit proper in a little bit more of a rural area, but, uh, I have family that lives out in DC. Um, so we go out and visit them a couple of times a year. So I'm, I'm quite familiar with that, that drive, uh, to get out there. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think we're, we're too terribly far. I know <laughs> I've driven a lot further to hunt when <laughs> I was in Chicago driving back to Michigan, you know, Northern Michigan, spending seven hours in the car. So I think we should absolutely make it happen. Okay. We're going to, when we get done recording, we're going to talk, but I don't want to let you off the hook. What was, what was your favorite episode or favorite person to talk to? So there's been 63 episodes. I think three of them have featured Jared for one reason or another. So that leaves me with 60. 60 that I have to try to go through in my head real quick over the last 14 months. Uh, I enjoyed, I enjoyed talking to Mark Haslam. Uh, he's down in uh, South, he's in Georgia, but he has this, a, a farm in South Carolina that they've just done a ton of really cool habitat work with. Um, Mark and I have stayed in touch. I mean, he was shoot guest number two, I think. Um, but another one of those guys that, you know, I felt like I really got to know throughout the course of the conversation. We've, we've stayed in touch. Uh, he's invited me down to hunt with him on his farm uh, in South Carolina there. Um, but he's just, it, it, it's a really cool story what they've been able to do down there. Uh, that's, that's certainly up there with one of my favorites. Um, Dan Johnson was a really cool one because, you know, I had known Dan for a while. Um, so that one kind of felt like just a couple of buddies BSing, you know, like I did, I, I felt like I kind of let the guard down a little bit. I didn't have to be quite so polished uh, in, in some of the back and forth. Uh, I will say there's one that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I'm actually recording it next week. Uh, it's a new 2% brand. It's called hard side hydration. And uh, the owner, one of the owners of that is my best friend since I was four years old. Um, he's uh, it's just, it was kind of weird you know, life happens and you kind of grow out of touch. You, you just kind of start living your own life. Right. And, and he still lives back up uh, in Northern lower Michigan, where we grew up in that area, him and his family. Uh, but he's a lifelong outdoorsman like I am. And he kind of hit me up one day out of the blue was like, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about starting this company with my buddy and this and that. And, you know, he kind of was picking my, my brain a little bit just for like starting a brand and a company and the website and all that good stuff. Um, you know, that was, you know, six, eight months ago, they were just announced as 2% certified, uh, last month, I think. Uh, so I'm really excited to kind of 
talk to him. I mean, I feel like that'll be, you know, like two buddies sitting around a campfire kind of BSing, you know, so that's, that's certainly what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I, I will say Mark is awesome. I, yeah. I, I've interacted with him just a handful of times, um, you know, through social media and see that some of the work that, that he shows that they do, like, he's just an awesome individual. And, uh, I'm going to say kudos to you for not going with your two sort of air quote bosses. Um, you know, you did mention Dan a little bit, but um, not going with just, Hey, it's got to be Jared, right? It's got to be <laughs> I mean, good, good for it, you. It felt, that felt like, <laughs> like the easy way out. Right. That felt like I was kind of cheating. Like, you don't, you don't piss anyone else off. Right. Like you're just like, Oh yeah, it's Jared Frazier. Right. But I mean, Jared, I mean, yeah, Jared's awesome. I mean, he can, he can talk about, you know, conservation, you know, classic rock music, good beer. I mean, Jared's the kind of guy you can talk about with anything. And he's, he's always a great listen for sure. Yeah, And he's, he's the first one to say like, why would you say me? Like, you know, yeah. he, he doesn't need that validation. So no. he would be definitely a great person to work for, you know, that, yeah. and, and work with and that kind of stuff. He's, he's awesome. All right. So what's next? What, what is next for you either with the podcast or with your apparel brand? what any anything any kind of big news or revelation that you can you can drop or is it just sort of you know keep plowing away doing what we're doing and giving back to conservation yeah so kind of short term it's kind of keep plugging away continue to to kind of build the brand Uh, i mean we're still just uh almost from the time uh you, you had me look this up before from the time uh, that I actually like launched the website where it was like, okay, there's, it's, it's live, it's ready to go. I mean, I'm, I'm almost at exactly two years. So still trying to grow the brand. Um, I have um, a collaboration shirt coming out uh, later this year uh, with the Michigan, uh, Michigan United Conservation Clubs, which I teamed up with them last year. Uh, we were able to raise like $700 uh, for, for their organization here. And, and that's one of the things I love about working with uh, like local organizations too. Like, you know, Michigan's where I'm spending, you know, a vast majority of my time recreating. So that's where I, I like to, to give back. Um, we have a, the 2% Community Conservation Day coming up uh, August 21st. Uh, so myself and then some other 2% brands and committee members and just individuals are getting together uh, to do a big uh, cleanup at a state game area here in Michigan. Um, so, so really that's, that's kind of like the biggest thing. Uh, this year was kind of a bummer, uh, in terms of like, uh, like trade shows and stuff like that. I was able, I got two in before the pandemic really shut everything down early last year. Uh, like I was on my way to my third, like I was leaving Thursday morning, uh, truck was all packed Wednesday night. Like, I don't know if it was Thursday morning or Wednesday night, one of those two, uh, the email came through like, Oh yeah, by the way, we're canceling the show. Um, and then a lot of them were still canceled early this part, the early part of this year. Um, so I'm looking forward to, um, uh, kind of getting back out next, uh, or, you know, early 22, 2022, um, and kind of being able to, to interact with people a bit more, um, with the podcast, it's, it's really just to continue to, to kind of highlight, you know, these businesses, there's so many, it feels like there's a new business announced every week. That's 2% certified. So we're definitely never going to be, you know, short on, on great guests or great people to talk to. Um, and, you know, going back to what we talked or what you had mentioned earlier is, you know, all the, the, the brands that are 2% certified, because I think when a lot of people think of 2%, right, they think of like just outdoor brands, right. And it's like, that could not be any further from the truth. You know, there's, 
you know, obviously there's a ton of co coffee companies, there's real estate agents, um, piano repair companies. Um, there is uh, a company that makes uh, you know, dog treats and dog chews. Um, you know, there's an, uh, an engineering company. Uh, it's just, you know, it's all these, you know, kind of regular businesses that, that love the outdoors and love wildlife and have made the commitment. So to hear their stories, um, not only, you know, why conservation is important, but like, you know, how they were introduced to the outdoors, like that's something that I always really, really like. And, and the more I talk to people, the more I find that everyone's story is, is different, right? I mean, there's sometimes there's, some, you know, a lot of similarities like, oh, you know, I started when I was young, um, you know, and, and obviously there's, there's that connection, but there's some of like, yeah, like I never started hunting till I was, you know, in my late twenties. Right. So it's cool to hear, you know, how they got into it, why they got into it, why they now love it. So those, those are the things that I'm excited about for the future with the podcast. Yeah. All right. So where can people find the average conservationist podcast? Yeah. So it's available uh, anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, the actual like homepage or landing page for the podcast is uh, on sportsmansnation.com. Uh, and then just go to the about tab, uh, scroll to the bottom and you will see uh, the average conservationist podcast. Um, not only ours, but there's a, a ton of great content, um, you know, really no matter where you're at or what you're trying to do, whether it's fishing, hunting, hunting in the South, hunting out West, uh, backcountry hunting. I mean, they just have, you know, a ton of great content, a lot of uh, state specific uh, podcasts as well. So really cool to check out there, uh, regardless of kind of what you're looking for. Um, and then the, the website is just the average conservationist.com. Uh, Instagram is just at the average conservationist Facebook page, uh, the average conservationist. I was pretty fortunate that, that all of the, uh, the average, like all the names or the, like the social media, uh, profiles or whatever they, none of them were taken. Um, so I was able to, uh, to snag those all up. So super easy to get a hold of too. If you have, you know, questions about, you know, sizing or where maybe money is going to be going, uh, being donated to, uh, shoot me a message. Uh, you can also reach me through the website, uh, on our contact page. Um, pretty, pretty good about responding usually within a day. Um, so yeah, don't be afraid to, to reach out. All right, Marcus, I'm going to let you go. I feel like we could talk for hours, uh, as we've mentioned, you know, both of us that we both feel like we're, um, almost like the same person. So I feel like we could talk yeah. for hours, but uh, we'll just have to, that just means I'm going to have to have you back on so we can continue talking. So um, thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking about, you know, the apparel company and your podcast. And uh, thank you for being 2% certified and, and, you know, giving back. That's, we need more people like you and I to give back, to get the most out of conservation efforts. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on. Uh, it was really an honor and, you know, I'm glad that there's, you know, other people out there that are, are fighting the good fight for conservation and really trying to, to make it a focus, um, in their mission to, to spread the word because there needs, there needs to be more of that. Absolutely. I got to thank Marcus for coming on. He's He's fun to talk to, and I can pretty much guarantee you're going to be hearing more uh, of him uh, as the years go by and as the episodes go by on this podcast. He is just someone that's very easy to talk to and has a very good understanding of conservation. Uh, you know, as you heard, he's sort of mentioning both of us being sort of just the average guy that that has an interest in conservation. And while that 
I'm going to say that is true. He also has a very firm grasp on conservation issues uh, that, you know, he's aware of and, you know, he's doing good work, you know, putting out information on, you know, other people that are doing good conservation work. Oftentimes, you know, like a lot of us just under the radar, not doing it for, you know, any kind of big fame or recognition, just doing the work because we all feel it's just good work to do. Take the time to look at the episode notes uh, so you can check out his apparel brand, theaverageconservationist.com. You can find uh, information about the podcast there as well. If you're interested in listening to the podcast, which I highly recommend, uh, again, like I said in the episode, don't listen in place of this one, but listen in addition to this this podcast. Uh, go to sportsmannation.com. Find it on all those podcast streaming platforms, whichever one you personally choose. Uh, while you're on sportsmannation.com, check out some of the other podcasts too. They have uh, some very sort of niche ones, right? Uh, some of them are on habitat, some are on gear, some are on uh, different types of hunting, and uh, they're enjoyable in their own right as well. Uh, but definitely make sure you check out the Average Conservationist podcast uh, and give it, a, give it a couple of listens. I think you're really going to enjoy it as I have. Uh, you know, just like I say pretty much every week, the best way for this podcast to grow and people to be educated on conservation issues is if you just share this podcast with family and friends. So go out, tell them that you like this, this podcast and that they should give it a listen. If we grow organically, we're going to get our message out much, much easier than me trying to pay for any kind of like Facebook promotions or anything like that. Um, so share, that's the best way you can do it. And until next week, make sure you Stay well.